Welcome to the Bob Harden Show, bringing you news and commentary to keep you informed and enjoying life on the Paradise Coast. And now, here's your host, Bob Harden. Good morning. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning. Johnson's Air Conditioning is Naples' longest established air conditioning company. They do a great job. They take care of our air conditioning job at uh, here, and uh, I just hope you'll go to the website and check them out. Give them a call, johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. The website is lifeinnaples.net. We have great guests for today's show, including Kathleen Pasadomo, our state senator. Boo Mortensen will be joining us. Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government, and my wife Linda will be with us as well. It is September the 7th, and on this day in 1813, the United States got its nickname, Uncle Sam. The name is linked to the Samuel Wilson, a meatpacker from Troy, New York, who supplied barrels of beef to the United States Army during the War of 1812. Wilson uh, stamped the barrels with U.S. for United States, but soldiers began referring to the grub as Uncle Sam's. The local newspaper picked up the story, and Uncle Sam eventually gained widespread acceptance as the nickname and personification of the United States federal government. In the late 1860s and 70s, political cartoonist Thomas Nast began popularizing the image of Uncle Sam. Nast continued to evolve the image, eventually giving Sam the white beard and stars and stripes suit that he associated with the character today. The German-born Nast was also credited with creating modern-day image of Santa Claus, as well as coming up with a donkey as a symbol for the Democrat Party and elephant as a symbol for Republicans. Nass also famously lampooned the corruption of New York City's Tammany Hall in his editorial cartoons and was in part responsible for the downfall of Tammany leader William Tweed, or Boss Tweed. Perhaps the most famous image of Uncle Sam was created by artist James Montgomery Flagg. In Flagg's version, Uncle Sam wears a top hat with a blue jacket and is pointing straight ahead to at the viewer. During World War I, this portrait of Sam with the words, I want you for the U.S. Army, was used as a recruiting poster. The image, which became immensely popular, was used on the cover of Leslie's Weekly in July 1816 or 1916 with the title, What Are You Doing for Preparedness? The poster was widely distributed and has subsequently been reused numerous times with different captions. In September 1961, the U.S. Congress recognized Samuel Wilson as the progenitor of America's national symbol of Uncle Sam. Wilson died at age 87 in 1854 and was buried next to his wife, Betsy Mann in Oakwood, uh, Oakwood California, uh, Cemetery in Troy, New York, the town that calls itself the home of Uncle Sam. Uncle Sam. Well, just days after Hurricane Ida left a staggering multi-state tra- uh, trail of destruction, forecasters were keeping an eye on Sunday on another storm streaming across the Atlantic that could even be more ferocious. Larry, now a Category 3 cat, uh, hurricane, could intensify to a Category 4 storm Possibly uh, soon, AccuWeather meteorologists said, a Category 4 hurricane as Ida was w- when it made landfall in Louisiana with sustaining winds of 130 to 156 miles an hour. If Larry's sustained winds increase above 150, it would become the strongest storm in the Atlantic this year. Even stronger than Ida, the storm was expected to turn across the open waters of the Atlantic for several more days, but could eventually approach Bermuda, around the middle of the week and close to uh, North America. At this point, it's most likely that Larry will miss the United States and stay a few hundred miles away from the northeast coast. 
Uh, still, much of the eastern U.S. coast could feel Larry's effects by midweek. Major swells from the storm are likely to cause life-threatening surf and rip current conditions. Larry was located about 830 miles, that's 830 miles, east of northern Leeward Islands on Sunday, uh, moving to the uh, northwest at 13 miles an hour. Maximum sustained winds were at 125 miles an hour, so it could be a terrible storm, but fortunately, at this point, it's not coming this direction, although you never know with these hurricanes. <clears throat> well, as the fight for his political career heads into the home stretch, California Governor Gavin Newsom is receiving a lifeline from celebrities, as well as some of the party's biggest names, including Vice President Kamala Harris. Uh, she's coming out of hiding, apparently, and Senator Elizabeth Warren were hitting the pavement to save Newsom from the state's September 14th recall election. Hollywood celebrities are also performing more heavy lifting for the governor by launching an out of uh, all-out smear campaign on the GOP, specifically Republican challenger Larry Elder. Stars include Alec Baldwin, Ron Perlman, Josh Gad, Rosanna Arquette have attempted to whip fans into an anti-GOP frenzy, urging them to vote no on the recall. Billionaire left-wing donor George Soros has given another $500,000 to the Democrat Governor Newsom's campaign to stop the California recall, bringing his total contribution to the effort to $1 million, making him one of Newsom's top backers. The California Secretary of State office reported three separate large contributions by Soros, $250,000 donation in June, stopped the Republican call of uh, Gavin Newsom, another $250,000 in August, and most recent, of course, the half million in August as well. The Hill reports that the major Democrat donors, including unions, are pouring cash into the battle to keep Newsom in office as he faces increasingly strong challenge from conservative talk radio Larry, uh, host Larry Elder, who's polls, who polls to replace him. Reports filed with the Democrat Secretary of State's office show the Democrat Governors Association have given Newsom's committee $5 million since the beginning of August, including a $1 million infusion on Tuesday. At the same time, unions will wield enormous power in the California politics and that have contributed almost as much from the state's Conference of Carpenters to the Service Employees International Union and International Association of Firefighters. Native American tribes have contributed $1 million in recent weeks as well. Newsom's running scared. His top donors remain Netflix co uh, CEO Reed Hastings, top individual donor and Republican businessman John Cox, who's given nearly $9 million to his own campaign. Under California law, incumbents are not subject to the campaign finance restrictions as challengers in a recall. So it looks to me like Gavin Newsom is pulling out all the stops. He's concerned that he's going to lose this recall. And uh, I suspect, uh, unless there's cheating, I suspect he will lose the recall. And uh, Larry Elder, wouldn't that be amazing? Uh, first black Republican to serve as governor of California. Stay tuned. We have no leadership. These uh, Americans are in deep trouble if they do not get out of Afghanistan quick. The Biden administration has left them there stranded. Biden officials are reportedly at a loss for what to do in response to the current hostage situation in Afghanistan, telling reporters, we do not control the airspace as several planes Holding Americans have been prevented by the Taliban from leaving the country. News surfaced on Sunday that as many as six planes holding American citizens have been stranded at the Air International Airport for days, 
as Taliban leaders seek to extract concessions from the United States government before allowing them to leave. In a document sent to the members of Congress over the weekend, the State Department said the flights have to be cleared, have been cleared to depart for Doha, Qatar, and will do so if and when the Taliban agrees to take off. In response to questioning from the blaze on Monday, the State Department effectively threw up its hands in the air and conceded there's not much they can do at this point. We understand the concern that many people are feeling that they try to facilitate during uh, further charter and other passage out of Afghanistan. However, we do not have the personnel on the ground. We do not have the air assets in the country. We do not have the control of the airspace, whether or over Afghanistan or elsewhere in the region, a State Department spokesman said. Now, why is that? Well, it's because that's why the way we planned it. According to Miley, it was a perfect plan. <laughs> well, my goodness. This is American weakness. We're displaying American weakness, and we're the strongest military power in the world. Unbelievable. President Joe Biden is failing on every single major issue for Americans as support for his presidency continues to drop. His badly botched crisis in Afghanistan is still generating bad headlines as stranded Americans try to leave the country after Biden withdrew all military forces from Kabul. Americans supported the decision to exit Afghanistan, but the president's execution of the mission, resulting in the death of 13 American service members, have left the country deeply dissatisfied with his efforts. 53% of Americans believe Biden is the personally responsible for those deaths, while only 43% feel otherwise. The Biden administration still struggles to state how the Americans are left in Afghanistan and offer a timeline for when this mission will be successful. Americans have also lost confidence in his handling of the coronavirus pandemic. Despite declaring independence over the coronavirus and a summer of freedom for Americans in July, Biden surrendered after the rise in cases fueled by the Delta variant of the virus left federal health officials to level additional restrictions. The president supported reinstated mask mandates across the country, even for vaccinated population. He urged private businesses to mandate vaccines for employees and ordered public government workers to either get the vaccine or submit to inconvenient testing on behavior protocols. Biden also supported mask mandates for students returning to classes. American support for Biden has handling of the coronavirus has fallen 12 points since April as the president struggles to retool his message. Biden's plan to roll out a campaign for booster shots in September 20 also hit a snag when two Food and Drug Administration regulators resigned in protest over the differences in strategy. Biden continues failing on the issue of border security and record number of migrants. Unattended children continue to cross into the United States, even during the hottest months of the summer. Migrants encountered at the southern border are now at a 21-year high. More foreigners believe that uh, Biden will allow them to remain in the United States. <clears throat> and then there's also the historically low job numbers for August as the latest sign that Bible, Biden was unable to deliver a promise of recovery. Joe Biden is a tremendous disappointment. Well, I have to say, even, even I, who a Trump supporter, I'm disappointed. I didn't have a lot of confidence in Biden in the first place, but he is turning out to be a, a pretty bad president. And hopefully we can survive this until somebody gets an office who can provide some leadership. This segment of the show brought to you by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning, Naples' longest established air conditioning company. I hope you'll visit the website, johnsonsairconditioning.com. 
Also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. The website is lifeinnaples.net. Coming up, Kathleen Passanomo, our state senator. That and more right here in the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. I'm Bob Harden, the host of the Bob Harden Show. One of my favorites for breakfast or lunch is Lulabee's Diner, providing great service, fabulous food, and a rockin' good time. Lulabee's Diner is a throwback to the 60s, complete with great music and a fabulous 60s decor. What I like best is a blend of great food, great value, and terrific service. Most of the friendly waitstaff has been part of Lulabee's for years. I enjoy the great choices for breakfast and lunch, and you'll find the menu has everything and anything to satisfy your taste. Lulabee's offers catering, party platters, lunch boxes, and more. Lulabee's Diner will quickly become one of your favorites for breakfast or lunch. No reservations are needed. Check out the website at lulabees.com and stop by Lulabee's Diner, open from 8 a.m. until 2 p.m., seven days a week. Lulabee's Diner in the Green Tree Shopping Center at the corner of Immokalee and Airport Pulling Roads. Stop by Lulabee's Diner for fabulous food and for a forever cool rockin' good time. Did you know St. Matthew's House operates the only emergency homeless shelters in Collier County? St. Matthew's House provided more than 500,000 hot meals to those in need last year, and since 2010, 527 men and women have graduated from the St. Matthew's House Justin's Place Addiction Recovery Program. For over 30 years, St. Matthew's House has provided innovative solutions to fight homelessness, hunger, substance abuse, and poverty in Southwest Florida. And you can help St. Matthew's House in this life-transforming work by patronizing the St. Matthew's House Thrift Stores, Cafe M25, Car Wash and Detailing Center, and award-winning catering operations. For more information, visit stmatthewshouse.org. That's stmatthewshouse.org. St. Matthew's House is a 501c3 not-for-profit organization and does not solicit government funding. Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the Foundation for Government Accountability. I proudly serve in their board, creating policies and programs to get able-bodied folks off of welfare and back to work. And that's just one of the initiatives. The website is thefga.org. Coming up, we're going to visit with Seton Motley, the founder of President of Less Government. Right now we have with us our state senator, Kathleen Pasadomo. Kathleen, thank you so much for joining us. Good morning. Good morning. Well, I realize the uh, session uh, for a legislative session doesn't start until, I guess, January, but uh, I'm sure right. preparation's underway. Yeah, we uh, we start our committee weeks this month, later on this month, and uh, you know that's where we start considering bills that we will be voting on in session, and so people are filing bills, and we also have our subcommittees on the appropriations subcommittee is starting to meet to go over the budget for next year. So we're, you know, we're hitting the ground running. So it, it, one question is with this Delta variant and all the uh, the fear mongering about, about what's going on with the virus. Uh, what's the situation in Tallahassee? Is the, is the uh, state house going to be open? 
Yeah, uh, so far we have uh, every plan to have the Capitol open to visitors this year. As you know, last session it was closed, and you know, a lot of people were disappointed. Some people were angry, others were relieved. Uh, but you know, most of most of my colleagues have been vaccinated, and most of the staff has been vaccinated or have had COVID. So I think we feel pretty comfortable that we can open for visitors. Yeah. So uh, what are some of the highlights of legislation that that, uh, committees are looking at right now? Well, the most important thing that we'll be doing this session will be redistricting, drawing the maps. Mm. And in fact, um, I'm uh, glad you mentioned that because I had read a a letter to the editor this morning that said, you know, that we we should uh, have uh, hearings around the state, particularly in southwest Florida, um, and I'm not sure we're going to be able to do that. And the reason is session starts in January, so we won't have a whole lot of time to actually draw the maps and then present them for various committee uh, review and approval. And, and so, uh, secondly, we didn't get the census data until recently, so we didn't have the opportunity to call the uh, redistricting committee districting committees to meet around the state and, you know, get public input in in locales around the state. That being said, there are going to be public hearings, and so people will be able to participate as they have in the past or do do for any bill that comes before the legislature. Mm. Uh, So, you know, I think it's going to be a a good process, a fair process, and a uh, correct process as uh, mandated by the Constitution. So uh, the redistricting affects, does it affect uh, state uh, elections or just federal elections? At all. Hmm. Uh, our, um, our state, uh, our House seats and Senate seats will be redrawn um, because we have a higher population. Right now, for example, I represent 500,000 people. And since the districts have to be roughly proportionate, um, you know, my district now is all of Collier, all of Hendry, uh, all of uh, Bonita Springs, portion of the sterile Le- and uh, Lehigh, portion of Lehigh Acres. That's to comprise the 500,000. Mm-hmm. Uh, now my district will probably be increased to 550,000 based on the census, but it also depends on where those people live. Mm-hmm. The biggest um, uh, growth in population in the state over the last 10 years has been in the Orlando area, so those seats will likely change you know, their, their boundary lines, which will affect the rest of the state. Um, I don't know how it's going to look, but we have uh, parameters that we need to follow, the Fair District Amendments, the Equal Rights Amendment, and, and a bunch of other things. Uh, very interesting. So uh, we, uh, I was surprised to find that we only picked up one seat uh, on uh, the House <laughs> yes. of Representatives. That was kind of shocking to me. I figured it would be at least two, if not three. I did, too, and I... I believe that a lot of it was due to people just not filling out the census. You know, unfortunately, people didn't realize how important it is because that's where you draw down federal dollars based upon your population. Yeah. And we have a lot of people just didn't fill it out. The census workers that usually knock on doors uh, found it challenging because of COVID. Uh, so I suspect that not only Florida, but the rest of the country was undercounted. The other thing that, you know, the influx of people that moved to Florida uh, 
during this COVID, uh, you know, like people from Northeast, that, I mean, they're just flocking to Florida buying property. Well, they weren't counted because the census count was, um, num- I mean, the, the counting itself was concluded last year. Yeah, yeah. Great. So, you know, 10 years from now, we may have a different picture. So interesting, isn't it? So uh, what do we know about uh, Afghans and other uh, people, illegal aliens coming into the United States, or uh, coming into Florida? I know that uh, the governor's made some comments about that. I haven't, uh, I think it's too early to tell <coughs> where they're going to go. I think uh, the, the um, wherever they go in this country, it makes sense that they, they go to where their families are. You know, there's, they're probably Afghani, um, uh, you know, neighborhoods in, uh, around the country. Huh. But I, I don't know about Florida yet. It's probably too early to tell. So interesting. Uh, finally, before I let you go, I understand that uh, there's some developments in the uh, race for Department of Agriculture Secretary. Yes, I, I'm very uh, proud that um, our current Senate President, Wilton Simpson, uh, who is a farmer, has, you know, he term limits out uh, in 2022 when I take over as president. And so he has decided to run for Commissioner of Agriculture and Consumer Services, uh, which is currently held by Nikki Freed. Um, uh, and, and President Simpson is probably one of the most ethical, honest uh, politicians one could ever meet. He's a self-made man, a businessman. He's not a career politician. And because of that, we have had the, I, I would say, the most um, productive session hmm. Uh, in the 11 years that I've served in the legislature. So I'm really glad that he is going to run for a higher office. Well, that's good news. And uh, I guess Nikki Fried has decided she's going to run for governor. Right. (laughs) Good luck with that. (laughs) Yep, good luck with that. (laughs) Kathleen Fasadomo, again, our state senator. I genuinely appreciate your taking time to visit with us. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you, and have a great day. You as well. Thank you, Kathleen. All right, coming up, we're going to visit with Boo Mortensen, find out what's new with Boo. That and more right here in the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Luke Provence Restaurant is a favorite dining destination for many Neapolitans, including Lyndon and myself. Blue Provence, located in a historic building in the heart of Old Naples at Creighton Cove, offers a mix of French bistro cooking with bold, fresh Floridian flavors. Experience award-winning cuisine at Blue Provence and enjoy one of Florida's most extensive, eclectic, and fun wine cellars. Dining your choice of the popular Eden Bar, the intimate courtyard garden, or the beautiful Provencal Caribbean dining room. Enjoy a wonderful and memorable evening in a casual and relaxed atmosphere that includes a taste of Provencal hospitality. Blue Provence is open seven days a week, all year round. Visit blueprovencenaples.com for reservations, everyday specials, and coming events. That's blueprovencenaples.com or call 261-8239. That's 261-8239. Blue Provence French Restaurant in the heart of Old Naples. Offshore Playhouse is passionately committed to enriching our cultural landscape by producing professional theater to the highest artistic standards and providing unique educational opportunities to folks in a spirit of service, adventure, and excitement. Over the past 15 years, the Playhouse has expanded immensely, outgoing its current facilities. 
with dreams of expanding even further in order to better serve the community, broaden the economic impact, and strengthen the cultural fabric of our region, it's time to build and move into a new home. A 44,000 square foot state-of-the-art theater and education center will be built on three acres at the corner of First Avenue South and Goodlett Frank Road, allowing Gulf Shore Playhouse to achieve those dreams. To find out more about Gulf Shore Playhouse, this state-of-the-art performing arts center, and about the season's exciting productions, visit golfshoreplayhouse.org. That's golfshoreplayhouse.org. We'll see you at the show. Welcome back to the Bob Harton Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harton. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Choice Social. It's a new, refreshing social networking platform. You can download the app by visiting the website choicesocial.us. Coming up, we're going to be visiting with Seat Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. Right now, it's time to find out what's new with Boo. Boo Mortensen up in Madison, Wisconsin. Boo, how are you doing? I'm doing wonderfully. I love the fall, and up north here, it's, you know, that just the trees are just beginning to turn a little bit, and it's football season, so... Bada-bing, we're in the fall. That's it, indeed. It's hard to recognize down here on the Paradise Coast, but uh, indeed, Labor Day represents the change of seasons and moving into the fall. It's just amazing. I know it does. So this is my question. Uh-huh. I, they, they, Wisconsin has an, an enormous football stadium, like a lot of Big Ten universities do. There are 80,000 people. They've completely opened it. You know, it's not like an 80,000 stadium and only 10,000 can go. It was packed. Yes, it was. Every stadium in uh, across the nation that has football, it was packed as well. Not a mask in the group. That's right. I, I, I think so I did see one how mask. Are they, how are they, how is all of this working? Like Dane County, the county that I live in, has a mask mandate. Hmm. So anywhere, anytime you go in somewhere into a place, store, restaurant, or whatever, you have to wear a mask. And yet I sat and watched 80,000 kids jammed in there like sardines, sitting next to each other for three hours. How can that happen? How, how, how is all of this working? Well, Buddha, it's, it's common knowledge, of course, that you can't get COVID in a football game. It must be. It must be something that's, what, it's in the air or whatever? It's being blown up? <laughs> this whole thing is so, it's being managed so poorly, and there's so much hypocrisy in the whole process. Isn't there? I mean, it's just so glaring. And that's a great question. The question is now, how many, is, there, is this going to be, what do they call it, a... Uh, uh, herd? Herd? No, I'm, I'm thinking of the word of a... Uh, a, a virus uh, multiplier or something like that. They uh, call it, they have some term for it. But the point being is, is a spreader, a super spreader. That's the word I'm looking for. Is Are all these games going to be a super spreader? I suspect not. And I noticed that all the people in Afghanistan, uh, well, the women are wearing masks. <laughs> well, they're wearing burkas, of course, yeah, I know. But, uh, uh, you know, it just befuddles me yeah. that I go into a store and I have to wear a mask, uh-huh. but 80,000 kids don't have to? Yeah. What's, you know, how do you justify it? It's just, this is just goofy. It really is. And, uh, you know, oh, through all this process of seat to table, I don't know if you've ever been to seat to table. 
in uh, oh yeah yeah sure. but it's it's they've never had a mask mandate you're welcome to wear a mask it's the happiest place in Collier County I think and I don't see any people coming out of there getting sick and <laughs> and being upset I, the whole thing is just a big farce in my opinion I think it's been pretty well documented that masks provide very little if any support or uh, protection for the public or for you when you're wearing a mask I agree but you know, they've got all over, you must have a mask to enter, and oh, my, at least up here we do. Yeah. It's, it's you know, it's very different than uh, down in Naples. Okay, this is my other, uh, this is a question for you. When I say um, China, when you think, of, what, what comes to mind when you think of China? What comes to mind? Well, more often than not, now I'm beginning to think about the Communist Chinese Party as a kind of a criminal international enterprise. But uh, before, I think I probably would have thought about Chinese food. Yeah, it's interesting that when you think of China, most people think of, rather than the people and the, the long history and the culture, they focus on the Chinese government, just like you did. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and they're um, uh, communist, militaristic, yep. uh, bad on human rights. Um, not really anything. You, it seems like when you think about China, nobody really comes up with anything positive. I mean, terrifying that, country. No, it's a, it's. A, I'm not sure. Obviously, I'm not sure the Chinese people. If you said. Uh, what do you think of your government? I don't think they would express an opinion about it. They just try and avoid being having any kind of association with the government. They try and go about their lives. The government is an imposition on their lives, not something that protects them necessarily. I think the Chinese government recognizes that they need the support of the people. What is it? One point four trillion uh, billion people, I should say, or one point three billion people in China. So, uh, the Communist Chinese Party is uh, a fraction of that, a small fraction. But uh, I think they understand they need to make sure the people are, at some level, not too dissatisfied. Uh, but uh, they just go about their business. And uh, it's a criminal enterprise, in my opinion. Yeah, I think it is. Look what they did in Hong Kong. Yeah. Terrible. And what they uh, what they want to do in Taiwan is pretty much the same thing. I hope uh, right now, I think uh, Joe Biden and his behavior in Afghanistan is kind of demonstrated that we don't have the resolve to stick up for our principles. I'm just very concerned that uh, they may have opened the door for all kinds of shenanigans from the communist Chinese. You bet. And the Russians. And the Russians as well. So the world just gets more and more dangerous. So what do you think about when uh, you're asked about China? See, I'm, I'm sort of the same way you are. I don't think about the history or the culture, both of which are, are phenomenally interesting to me. But I, <clears throat> I think of uh, the abuse of human rights yeah. and, uh, and what they've done. Uh, you know, they, they don't really put value on human rights at all. And again, that total, totalitarian state, uh, you know, you think of the government and how it's run. And, you know, now with cell phones, you know, they can track absolutely where everybody is at a moment's notice. And they've now they've just dictated how long kids can be on video games. Yeah. Amazing. Three hours a week. I find that 
shocking. It is shocking. Well, think about this. Australia, which has been, we think about, I think about as being uh, somewhat of a democratic and and uh, uh, a, a country that has uh, human rights and uh, has uh, individual rights and liberty. Now they have an like app. That. They have an app now that if if they if uh, you're contacted, you have to call them back within 15 minutes. So your cell phone will let them know where you are to know if you violated their COVID policies. What? Yes, I'm. This is I'm absolutely serious about this, and uh, this is one of the policies they've now established in Australia to fight, try and fight the the uh, or lower the curve or whatever. But it's you know they've just. Uh, They've, they're all in on, on uh, taking away our liberties. Wow. In the name of COVID. Yeah, absolutely. That's happening in Australia, of all places. Well, I know they've closed the borders to New Zealand. I don't think anybody can go to New Zealand right now. No. But that's a, closing the borders is a lot different than being accountable by cell phone. Wow. And if you don't call back in 15 minutes, they go out and find you <laughs> and fine you for, uh, for uh, your bad behavior. See, and that's the thing. They can find you with your cell phone. They can find anybody with a cell phone. That's right. Uh, my wife, um, uh, Linda, went to a, an event with Mark Meadows and a couple of other uh, political leaders uh, the other day. And he said that every night he and his wife and his family they leave their cell phones in the kitchen so as to, apparently, because uh, the. They have information that the Chinese and others can can uh, spy on you through through your cell phone. That seems a little far fetched. It does, but that's coming from. I mean, Mark Meadows. I mean, maybe they spy on him, not you and I. But uh, the point is, uh, the, the certain precautions people are taking right now just to avoid being spied on. I've heard that Alexa. You know, the, uh, the little tubes, that mm -hmm. you, all that stuff. I heard that has a two-way communication as well. Well, yeah, it's artificial intelligence. Um, I don't know. If they're watching what's going on in my household, they're going to be bored to tears. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I suggest that you move on to someone else that's got a more exciting life. <laughs> Me, not so much. Yeah. Pick somebody in their 40s. Yeah. Boo Mortensen again. Always appreciate your commentary here in the show. I'm going to have to think more about China. Thank you so much for joining us. You bet. All right. Coming up, we're going to be visiting with uh, Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. That and more right here in the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. You suffer from joint pain in your shoulders, hips, or knees. I was suffering from debilitating pain in my knees. On a referral, I saw Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine. He successfully treated my symptoms and pain for several months. Finally, having exhausted all alternatives for pain management, Dr. Markovich and I agreed that surgery was my best alternative. Dr. Markovich replaced both of my knees in 2006, and I now have full range of motion in both knees, and I have no pain. I now play golf and exercise free of debilitating pain in my knees. Don't suffer needlessly with joint pain. Call orthopedic surgeon Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine at 482-5399. 
That's 482-5399. He did a great job for me, and he'll help you, too. You listen to The Bob Harden Show, so why not market your company to our loyal listeners? Ads are played live on each show and then archived so listeners can hear the show and your ad at their convenience. Each advertising package includes a banner on BobHarden.com with a link to your website at no extra charge. Join Lulabee's Diner, Johnson's Air Conditioning, Blue Provence, and many others who advertise on the show. Call me at 598-3889, that's 598-3889, or send an email to BobHarden at Hotmail.com to design an ad program that's just right for your business and your budget. You'll be pleasantly surprised at the cost and the value. Several advertisers have been with me for years. Find out why by calling 598-389 or send me an email to bobharden at hotmail.com. You'll be glad you did. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host... Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Gulf Shore Playhouse, bringing you professional New York-style theater at its very best, and now building a 44,000-square-foot performing arts center in downtown Naples. You can find out more by visiting the website, gulfshoreplayhouse.org. Coming up, we're going to visit with Linda Harden, my wife. Right now, we have with us Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. Seton, thank you so much for joining us. Good morning, sir. Good morning, Seaton. Tell us about less government. Yeah, we exist to reduce the size, scope, and sphere of influence of government, and everybody in D.C. is working to raise taxes and grow government. Yes. So, yes. The tide's running against us, Seaton, that's for sure. Uh, yeah. Well, we were, we were always an anomaly in human history. Yeah. So. So you wrote a great piece. Everyone's favorite four-letter word. Of course, all kinds of words popped in my mind. But uh, tell us about it. Well, of course, it's free. Free is everyone's favorite four-letter word. And, of course, as we know, you know, it's, it's human nature. You, you don't want to pay for something. If you can get something for free, it's great. But, of course, nothing is actually free. What, what you mean is free to you, right. what you want for free. And that means someone else pays for it, and you get it. Right. And, of course, that's human nature. That's what uh, humans, you know, it's, it's very easy to, if you get something for nothing, that's fantastic. Yeah. Um, and, of course, government glommed onto that character trait, that human nature trait, uh, very, very, very early on. And it's ultimately been the demise of every great society um, and not great society. Uh, Rome fell because of socialist practices, because of redistribution of wealth and taxes and, and spending and that sort of thing. Ancient Rome, you know, obviously in, in the last hundred years, you've got Russia and Venezuela and Cuba and all these places that, that do this collapse in a heap because you, you know, uh, socialism is great. It guarantees everyone equal amounts of nothing. Right. And, 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 and uh, unfortunately, our government, and this is true of most of these governments we've discussed, they spend some. It doesn't work because government can't do anything well and do, does most things terribly. It spends some, it doesn't work, it then blames the private sector, it blames everybody else for why it didn't work, and like a, like a gambling addict, they keep doubling down and tripling down and quadrupling down as they get more upside down. Oh, I gotta, I gotta you know, double or nothing on the next bet. Mm-hmm. And 
we've reached the point now where I actually did the math. We're spending almost $5 trillion this year mm. at the federal level. Federal government alone, $5 trillion. Then Biden's proposed budget for next year is $6.01 trillion. Mm. So now you're, you're at 11 in two years. But that's not enough. Because they're talking about, with these two alleged infrastructure bills, 5.4 more trillion yeah. in spending. So, uh, sorry, the dog's barking at a lizard. And so you're talking about $16.5 trillion in two years. Mm. The entire war on poverty we've spent from 1964 to 2020, we spent $22 trillion. <laughs> so we are just getting bigger and bigger bets from government on itself right. with our money. And by the way, and how's, of how, course, all that. How's, how's the world? How's the uh, war on poverty worked out? <laughs> it's, well, yeah, the, the poverty the poverty level is exactly what it was sixty four in nineteen sixty four. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, we we didn't move the needle at all, um, and so um, we've got all the you know. Of course, containedness is lots and lots of quote unquote free stuff, um, and again. I, I found an article that I I, I kind of knew this, but I didn't know this. They're going to spend. They want to spend sixty five billion dollars on on broadband. To, to, and and Biden promised us with this sixty five billion, we'll reach. Uh, you know, everyone will have access to broadband. Now they play all these word games. Yeah. Access means you have access to service. Doesn't mean you buy service. A lot of old people don't want the internet. They don't care. They don't buy it. There's access, and then there's adoption. That's the other word that they don't like to talk about, because tens of millions of Americans have no interest in the Internet at all. I live in a fishing village of Goodland. A lot of these people don't have Internet because it has no bait per pertinence to their life at right, all. Right. They're fishermen, they're lobstermen, they're stone crabbers, and it just doesn't matter to them. Um, that's not an access problem. That's an adoption problem. Now, again, the government lies to you, and then when you catch them telling the truth, it reveals the, the, the lie. They only count, they only officially count hardline broadband as internet, which is absurd, right. because I'm talking to you on a cellular phone right now. Right. And that's, you know, the least used app on my phone is the phone app. <laughs> it's a computer. It's an online device. Yeah. And everybody can get one pretty darn cheap. Now, they don't count cell phones. They only count hardline connections, and that's what he's going to spend $65 billion on, yeah. government-based hardline connections. The FCC released a report that said if you count all the actual connections, including hardline, cell phone, satellite, everybody's um, connected. 99.9% .9 of Americans have access to these. Right. And so most we need zero dollars of the sixty-five billion dollars that we're about to waste. And on this and, and many now, what you're going to do with the sixty-five billion is is have government compete with private companies that are already providing access and put some of them out of business, which will make make access worse. Yeah, unbelievable, Seaton. And it, the fact of the matter is, most people uh, they, they use their cell phones as their computer. Many people don't even use a computer; they use their cell phones. They don't. Yeah, right, right. And, you know, again, you know, as we evolve away, 
the hard line is going to go away because 5G is going to give us one gig of speed, which is orders of magnitude faster than what we have now, up and down, meaning upload and download. Now, who needs to up? Who needs a gig of upload speed a second? Almost nobody. Right. But, but download a gig of speed, right? You know, a movie, a, a high def movie, is nine megabits. A gig is a thousand megabits. So we are going to, you know, the, the the hard line is is about to become a dinosaur, and we have the government spending sixty five do- billion dollars going into the dinosaur. Yeah. That's unbelievable. The the waste is unbelievable. I just think about this uh, uh, free uh, preschool and free uh, college education or uh, community college education. Right. You know, it's just going to be a, it's it'll be a, a babysitting. My operation. first reaction to anyone who's oh let's let's cancel the college loan debt. You're going to make a bunch of people who never went to college pay for morons who did. <laughs> and I thought the whole point of college was you make a bigger income, right? That was the whole point of college, was your income's bigger. Yeah. Well, if your income's bigger, why can't you pay your student loan debt? Yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty phenomenal, Seton. You just can't make this stuff up. I'm telling you, every day I wake up and say... Oh, they, oh, they are all the time. They're, 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 they're a dream factory in D.C. Yeah. Seton Motley, again, the founder and president of Less Government. I hope you'll visit the website, lessgovernment.org. By the way, a good website, uh, Seton, lessgovernment.org. You can also visit Less Government on Facebook. See, thank you so much for joining us here on the show. Have a great day, sir. Thank you. You as well. Thank you. All right, coming up, we're going to be visiting with Linda Harden. She used to write uh, Greetings from Paradise. She now declares she's not going to do that anymore. I hope she will, because a lot of people enjoy it. But she has lots to say about what's happening around the world. We're going to do that and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harton Show here on the Bob Harton Broadcasting Network. The dining scene in Naples is among the nation's finest. Get a first-hand experience with Naples Culinary Walks. Join a guided food walk with a terrific guide in a small group through elegant Naples neighborhoods known for destination restaurants. In three hours, you'll stop for small plates on your chosen tour. Dining walk choices include morning, afternoon, and evening offerings on 5th Avenue South, Downtown 3rd Street, Waterside, Galleria Shops at Vanderbilt, and more. Prices begin at only $46 a person, depending on the tour you select. To find out more and to make a reservation, visit NaplesCulinaryWalks.com. That's NaplesCulinaryWalks.com for a great value and a terrific dining experience. Do you have an extra auto you'd like to donate to charity? Maximize your tax deduction, support your favorite charity, and help a local child in need by calling Naples Auto Donation Center. Naples Auto Donation Center is a not-for-profit licensed car dealer. Just call NADC at 692-9840 and they'll take it from there. You get a properly documented tax deduction for whatever the vehicle actually sells for. Your designated beneficiary charity gets half the profit after fix-up costs and the net revenue generated by NADC goes to Friends of Foster Children to provide tutoring and other enrichment activities for foster children the government doesn't provide. And NADC is also one of the few places in Collier County that sells inexpensive cars that actually run to folks who would otherwise not be able to afford one. It's a real win-win. Call Naples Auto Donation Center at 692-9840 or visit the website nadckids.com. You'll be glad you did. 
Welcome back to the Bob Harton Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harton. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. We're providing you news and commentary rooted in a commitment to individual liberty, personal responsibility, limited government, and the rule of law. We have with us Linda Harden. That's right. She's my wife. She's the former author of Greetings from Paradise. She says she's not going to write it anymore. I think a lot of people will be disappointed if she doesn't. But well, Linda, there, well, there's no news here. I mean, it's all. It's. I mean, there's nothing to tell people because nothing's happening. So. Um, you know, if I had some news to report, you might write it. I might, but okay. Well, welcome to the show. Thank you. All right. You know what? I I just I know we talked off air about what we were going to talk about, but I was just looking at your cute little TV that's right behind your head, and they're talking about um, Kamala Harris, and and she has been MIA for the last few weeks. Well, she popped up. She's apparently out there. Out. Uh, she's uh, campaigning for uh, Newsom. To be to be state governor, apparently. Although I, there's been no personal sightings, but apparently that's the report. Well, you know what I read was, which was so interesting, is is, and I don't remember on on what side I read it, but they're trying to distance the Biden administration, who, by the way, which, by the way, is in enough trouble on its own. I have to say, if I was running for office right now, the last person I'd want ca- uh, campaigning for me is Joe Biden. Quite frankly, this guy is a total disaster. No, no, no. But I'm, but I mean, um, Biden. Is is so in the tank uh, politically anyway? But guess who's worse? Kamala. Yeah. I mean, they they don't want to be brought down anymore by her, um, you know, cackle and all the stuff that she's stepped in and and made nothing of. Right. So I don't know if Gavin Newsom's happy or sad about. I think about he's that. panicked. I think he understands he's going to lose this. He's in a state of panic, and uh, Larry Elder is going to be the governor of. California, and it'll be a great day because I think he'll do a great job. Well, and Larry Elder just got a huge influx of, is that the right word, influx? Yeah. Of, of cash to the tune of $13 million. The average um, donation was like 120 bucks, yeah. which is very cool because you know what that tells you? The people of California and other people are sick to death of Gavin Newsom and all the crap that his hypocrisy, hip, hypocrisy that he's been exercising all these months it's true so hey you had a personal experience a friend of yours uh is in the hospital with covid and apparently uh they're keeping the regimen of of uh, support strictly around what the cdc suggests and not providing things like in in ivermectin is it ivermectin Ivermectin. um well and i sent you a video about a, a hospital in the city that 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 he's in and it's i don't know jim but I went to school with Jim's two brothers. Jim mm-hmm. is in his like late early sixties, but he's struggling with with COVID, and um, I'm not I'm not sure if he was vaccinated or not. That's irrelevant at this point. But um, he's on a ventilator. He's, he's on a ventilator, and you know, remember what what those oxygen things did to your mother? Yeah, I mean, it it just rips your insides out. And so he's at full level oxygen. Remember when when your mom was put on full uh, level I oxygen? I do. I do, and. Uh, uh, apparently, the the statement from the hospital is we could do nothing else for him. Well, and they and they they refuse to to do the ivermectin. Um, um, Jim's wife posted on Facebook last night, and this is a quote from her. They because ref- a lot of people have said force them to give him ivermectin and D three vitamin D three and and zinc and and all this stuff, and she said they flat out refused. 
And you know what? That's scary because if because I were them, I would get an attorney to call and say, "If you if you don't do that, we're going to sue you." I think they changed well, the what tune. Is, what on earth is wrong with the medical community? Are they? Somebody emailed me when I put out a prayer request last night and said, um, "Well, why isn't the media talking about what's going on?" Really, the media is complicit in all of this, yeah. and it's so disturbing. So they, 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 there was a report that ivermectin is. Uh, uh, it's medicine for horses or something like that. So, in other words, they're trying to downplay the importance of this medicine that, you know. Guess, guess who they're going to? The Afghan refugees. Yeah, yeah. But they're not giving it to people who, who are citizens of this country. Yeah. Um, there needs to be, a, like I said in my email last night in my post on Facebook, there needs to be a reckoning of this medical community because they're just, they're doing every, they seem to be doing everything they can their, their oath is to do no harm, and they're doing absolutely the opposite. Yeah. Well, we've both seen a video of a, of a woman who said her husband was in the hospital with the COVID, and he was... Well, he didn't, he, no, he didn't have COVID. He, he had pneumonia, but no, they wanted to... They give, called it COVID pneumonia. Right, right. But, and they <laughs> wanted to treat him with the, with the protocol, the COVID protocol. Yeah. And she said no, because it would kill him. All, she, all they wanted to do was stick him on a ventilator. Yeah. And uh, he was out of the hospital in three days because right. he got the intravenous... Uh, vitamin C, vitamin E, and... Uh, <clears throat> vitamin C, vitamin D3, quercetin, and um, something else. Yeah, so I guess a, the best lesson here is, hey, uh, you a physician in some ways. you got to take care of yourself. And uh, the doctors, they know a lot, and they're certainly well-trained, and they do many, many great things, perform miracles. I know they perform miracles in my but... Uh, they're not always right. Half of the deaths in the United States, some figure like half of the deaths are because of medical error. Well, when you have time today, look at the video that I sent you. All right. Because when I put on Telegram last night, because I want to get as many people praying for Jim as I possibly can, because I do believe in miracles. But this one, this one um, person who I don't know from Adam, um, they all put in their praying for him, and, which is really cool. But this one person on Telegram posted a video that was on Rumble. <clears throat> And it's of this guy who says it's breaking news from a hospital in Sarasota. From a, I can't remember the name of it. Um, but, but this guy is a doctor, and he, he's, he was in for COVID, and he's, he's getting well because he, um, he took the stuff that, that he snuck it in or whatever. Z-Pack and all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but this guy in the bed next to him is in the same shape as Jim is, and they refuse they refuse. He, he now he's his COVID has developed into bronchial pneumonia, and this this guy who's doing this video is a doctor. Yeah. And so this guy who's on this um, uh, ventilator is saying, "Can you be my my patient advocate?" So this guy who's a doctor who was in the hospital, I um, said, "Sure, I will do it." You know what? Which which is so disturbing. They ignored this guy's bronchial pneumonia after after. Six tries at trying to diagnose what he's going on. They absolutely refuse to treat him with the stuff that he needs to be treated with. And then this this doctor, who's a patient's advocate, he he said, um, you know, the only thing I can do is do as much for you as uh, from the outset as I can. So he signed an AMA uh, against medical um, advice leave to get him out of the hospital. Guess what they did? Mm. They put him in a in a pri in a separate room. They, they they not handcuffed him. They used other things. They, they um, restrained him and put him in another room so he could not get out. 
So the, the, I think the lesson here is that uh, people are following this COVID protocol for treatment, and it's not always uh, appropriate for the situation. We know that's, that's true. We know that uh, COVID vaccines are not always appropriate for the circumstances. You are all each individuals, and we have different circumstances. So we need to be treated as individuals, not out of some handbook from the CDC. Well, and, and they wouldn't even give this guy antibiotics for the for the bronchial wow. pneumonia. That's so sad. Such I mean, a what, sad. What about what about do no harm? Yeah, exactly, exactly. It, it's just scary, scary stuff. Yeah. So uh, we were to talk about uh, Afghanistan, or are we going to? Oh yeah, the the big news uh, about on the news this morning. There's so much news going on, and I can't wait for Bannon's show because he's going to be bringing some news too. But. Um, um, so this this separate group of contractors um, got this family out of Afghanistan, and it had nothing to because the State Department has been blocking these six planes with with Americans and um, SIVs and, and and translators on the on the tarmac, and Afghanistan wouldn't let them go. So this this private contractor and this congressman um, aided the, this one family to get out of. Uh, Afghanistan and get them home. Guess who's taking credit for it? The State Department. Yeah, unbelievable. And and so and so Anthony Blinken, who, in my humble opinion, should have turned in his resignation the day that uh, that Kabul fell because he was on vacation in the Hamptons. Yeah. And he has been absolutely inept. And now he's over with our Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin, so thanking everybody for help them helping them in this this. Um, monumental, uh, successful um, withdrawal from Afghanistan. You can't make this stuff up. No, it's, it's, so, it's so ludicrous that, that it makes me wonder if it, perhaps all of this is being done on purpose in order to uh, stain the reputation and the, and, the, uh, and the brand of the United States of it's America. Working. Yeah, it is working. I mean, a lot of people just don't have, they're losing respect for us, including a lot of people who live in the United States, quite frankly, it's just very disturbing. You know what, honey? We could do we could do a report on your show every single day with me, mm-hmm. and we would not be able to cover all the news that's out there. I mean, we wouldn't. Well, that's true. I, although I, I always want it to be the Bob Harden show. <laughs> don't don't take it over. It will my always show. be the Bob Harden show. <laughs> okay, featuring Linda Harden. Yeah. Oh no, no, I really appreciate you coming on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. You're welcome. Well, that's a wrap here in today's show. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, tomorrow we're going to visit with Bob Levy. He's a, a constitutional scholar and chairman of the Cato Institute. Always looking forward to our visits uh, with Bob. We'll visit with Andrew Joppa, professor and author of Josephus of Oz. And we'll visit with Professor Larry Bell, endowed professor at the University of Houston in space architecture and author of 10 books, his latest, What Makes Humans Truly Exceptional. I always appreciate hearing from you. If you want to send me an email, you can do so at bobharden at hotmail.com, bobharden at hotmail.com. I hope you make it a great day on the Paradise Coast or wherever you are. Namaste. Listening to the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. For more information and audio files of previous shows, visit www.bobharden.com. <laughs>